0: Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Very truly, I tell you, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Friends, we always say the same thing on Sunday mornings after Scripture is read. We, we read the first and the second Scripture lesson, and I say the word of the Lord, and y'all respond, thanks be to God. But sometimes I wonder if what I, I should say after reading Scripture is, did you get all that? And maybe y'all would respond, well, it, it was a little confusing. What does our second Scripture lesson mean? What is Jesus trying to tell us here in the Gospel of John. This passage from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, is not the only confusing passage in Scripture. Many passages in the Bible are so hard to understand that faithful people have been trying to wrestle out a meaning for thousands of years. But, but this one, this one which we just read, is one that, that owns it. In verse 6 we read, Jesus used this figure of speech with them. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, if even those who heard it straight from the Savior's mouth didn't get it, what hope have we to understand? Well, I'm not sure I have it completely, but I want to share with you a few things that I've learned after thinking about this scripture passage all week and reading what other scholars have to say about it. First, in this passage from the Gospel of John, Jesus, as he often does, uses a metaphor to try and help us understand who he is. In the Gospel of John, Jesus uses around 10 different metaphors to help us understand who he is. In the Gospel of John, he says things like, I am the vine or I am the resurrection and the life. Cassie and I preached a sermon series on all of these I am statements a couple years ago. We paid special attention to each one of them because cracking the code on these metaphors is helpful in our journey to understand who Jesus is and what a relationship with him means for our lives. I'm sure you remember from English class that a simile and a metaphor are both Figures of speech that compare two unlike things. A simile uses the words like or as. A metaphor does not. Jesus uses metaphors to describe himself. But in our second scripture lesson for today, he is using two of them at the same time. Here in the Gospel of John chapter 10, he is saying that he is the shepherd and the The gate. He's both. What does that mean? How could that even be? Let me try and tell you by using some more metaphors. Last week, I went to the hospital, as your pastors often do. I went to visit a member of our church who is there. Because we go often, the hospital provides us with special ID cards that we present to the parking lot attendants. With these cards, pastors and clergy are granted special access into the hospital. The thinking is that we'll be more likely to go and visit people if we don't have to pay for parking. Now, this is good for the hospital because it is good for the patients. However, my special card expired and I've yet to locate the office where I can go and get it renewed. The office used to be in the basement of the hospital, down a long, winding hallway. Now that they've renovated the hospital, I haven't been able to find this office after looking for more than a year. And this morning, I ask you, what good is a special privilege if you can't find your way to it? It's no good. But this is the way life often seems. Sometimes it feels as though we are sheep on the wrong side of a fence or a wall. Maybe we know that there is this whole other world on the other side. Maybe we know that just on the other side there are wonderful things like special privileges and green pastures or still waters. Only where is the gate to get through? Where is the office where I can go and get my special card? I need a gate to walk through, and I need a shepherd to show me the way. It's been this way for most of my life. My life would be so much less were it not for kind people who showed me the way to the gates. Do you know what I mean by that? Have you ever felt boxed in or stuck on the wrong side of the fence, when you felt that feeling, did God send someone into your life to help you get from one side of the wall to the other? Me, I was eight years old and we had just moved into the Charlton Forge subdivision of, off Powder Springs Road. We moved there from Virginia Highlands like so many others who who left Atlanta to come out here to the suburbs. For us, Marietta was the other side of a wall. Living inside the perimeter, we heard that on the other side of 285, there were green lawns and swimming pools. My parents knew that if we moved out here, I would have quiet streets to ride my bicycle on. Behind our new house, there was a creek for me to play in. Only just days after moving in, there I was, the new kid in the neighborhood, standing on the edge of the neighborhood swimming pool, watching a group of boys having a great time swimming all together, but I was feeling far too intimidated to go and try to break into their group. I had with me a giant inflatable pool float shaped like an alligator The minute I put that thing into the water, these neighborhood boys commandeered it. So I just sat on the edge, as though there were an invisible wall between me and them that I couldn't quite find my way over. There was no gate that I could see. I was stuck, and I needed a shepherd to show me the way. My mom, noticing my predicament, tried to help me find the way. She came over and she made it sound so easy. Joe, just go over and play with them, which I knew was never going to work. What does a mother know about these things? She couldn't help me. No one could. I was stuck on the wrong side of a wall. Thanks be to God, up swam this blonde-headed boy with a crew cut, Who invited me to come and swim his name was Matt Buchanan and he became my very best friend And I will forever be grateful because Matt showed me the way to the gate. He walked me right through it Later his family even invited us to this church. So in more than one way, he was the gate and he was the shepherd Have there been people in your life who did the same thing for you Mad is just the first one I can remember. He wasn't the first person who helped me get from one side of the wall to another, nor was he the last. You you may be able to remember the name of one person who did the same thing for you, and you may even have become such a person for someone else. In Alcoholics Anonymous, this is part of recovery The one who has found the way beyond their addiction is charged to go back and to tell others where the gate is. They're supposed to tell someone that there is a life beyond addiction, and I can show you the way. This is what Jesus does. However, the world is full of people who do not act like Jesus. The world is full of people who were born on third base and think they've hit a triple. Do you know what I mean by that? That's an expression I picked up in Columbia, Tennessee, and I'm not sure if it translates here in Marietta, Georgia. What the expression means is that the world is full of people who have been led through the gate by the shepherd, but they act as though they've made it from home plate to third base all on their own. They've forgotten what it means to be stuck on the other side of a wall. They don't remember that they were ever left outside in the cold, longing to be let in. They don't remember how difficult it is to make it from the front doors of our sanctuary into the great hall, or down to the adult Sunday school classes. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get around this church? Our church has five different buildings connected by winding hallways, Despite all the beautiful signage, it is not always easy to get from one end of this place to the other, and it is especially hard when it seems like everybody else already knows where they're going. There are some of us who could make their way through this place blindfolded. I know every single stairwell in this church by smell. I know how to get up on the roof. I know how to get down under the sanctuary. I've been all around this place because I've been coming here since Matt Buchanan's family invited us when I was eight years old. But at that time, I needed him to show me the way. We all need a shepherd to show us the way. We all need someone to show us where the gates are, where all the hallways lead. Only have you, have we, been good shepherds? Have you been showing people where the gates are so that they can get in here to become a part of this family of faith? I tell you, it's important. In fact, it may be a matter of life and death Harvard University recently published the results of a study on loneliness, suggesting that 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children, feel serious loneliness which leads to a wide variety of serious physical and emotional problems including depression, anxiety, heart disease, substance abuse, domestic violence. Other reports on the subject have concluded that spending all day alone is as bad for your body as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And that seniors who suffer with loneliness have a 64% higher risk of dementia, making loneliness the pandemic that still rages on without a vaccine. However, we already have the antidote. The church has always had the cure for isolation, but how well are we showing people where the gates are to get into this community? Every one of us at one time needed a shepherd to show us a way to the gate. But as soon as we learn the way, it is easy to forget what it was like on the other side. There are all these people on the other side of the wall just hoping to find their way in to a place where people call them by name. So, will you go to show them the way? Will you show them the way through our halls? Will you help them find their way into this church? With a little help, it can be so easy that some can't even believe it. They'll ask me, what does it take to become a member of this church? It's like they're wondering if they'll have to give over their social security number or something. What does it take to become a member of First Presbyterian Church? What does it take to become a member of this family of faith? All that's required is that you acknowledge that you cannot find your way on your own. All that's required is that you acknowledge you've never been able to, that without him you would be lost and alone on the other side of some high wall that seems to have no gate. All that is required to become a member of this church is the acknowledgement that you are a sheep in need of a shepherd to show you the way because that's all any of us are. We're simply a group of people who have been found. We're simply a herd of sheep who have a shepherd. We were once on the other side of a high wall, but the shepherd led us to the gate and we walked through. We are simply those who have been led through the gate. All that is required of us now is for us to say thank you by going back to help others get through so that they might be in here with us. My friends, we live in a world full of lonely people. Help them find the way home. Show others the way that they might enjoy the green pastures and still waters of abundant life. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.